Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Today on Impacting Jamaica, we are speaking with Dane Patterson, and he's from Ico. Thank you for joining me on Impacting Jamaica. Tell me your um, correct title, Dane. My title is Business Development Manager for Hypro Farm Supplies. Hypro Farm Supplies is a division of the Jamaica Broilers Group. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. So Hypro Farm Supplies and Bestress Chicken are the two local divisions here in Jamaica um, for the Jamaica Broilers Group. We have a couple others, but those are the most known um, divisions here in Jamaica. So what exactly does Hypro Farm Supplies do? So Hypro, if we think about it, is the arm of the company that services the farmer. So under Hypro Farm Supplies, you have Hypro Feeds, which everybody, I hope everybody knows about. Right. Um, Hypro Chicks. So Hypro Feeds is a company that, or the department that sells animal feeds yes. for broiler chicken, layer, birds, pigs, goats cattle um, so that's all done by hypro feeds you have hypro chicks the, com the, the department that that sells baby chicks the little yellow chickens that turn into broiler meat that everybody wants so so badly yeah you have hypro super center which is our farm store so we have a all-in-one farm store that sells home and garden supplies but also all livestock and farm supplies for the small farm the hypro super center services the home owner the home gardener but also the commercial producer um, of agricultural crops livestock and poultry and at hypro super center um, we have jamaica's and the caribbean's only um, animal pharmacy. So we have a registered pharmacy here that sells animal pharmaceuticals. So everything that the farmer needs is available there um, for treatment of their ailments for their animals and so on. And then you have Jamaica Egg Services, which is the layer side of the business. So Jamaica Egg Services grows um, fully from day old all the way up to 18 weeks. And we sell those pullets, which are laying hens, to farmers. And when the farmers purchase them off us, they raise them for another couple of weeks and they start laying tail eggs. So Jamaica Eggs, Jamaica Egg Services is the business that grows the laying hens that, that the farmers then take and produce table eggs for the country. So those are the, the four departments of, of Hypro um, here in Jamaica. All right. So I'm speaking to you today, Dane, in the context of the achievements of the agricultural sector, especially yeah. during um, this COVID-19 pandemic. So there was a yes. concern about Jamaica's food security at this time, um, where the supply chains um, throughout the world have been 
um, under mm -hmm. pressure, um, imports mm -hmm. are going up. But during this time, we have seen 39% of local chicken production come, coming from small farmers, and the farmers are meeting 100% of table eggs demand. Tell me about Hypo's role in achieving these, these figures. So early on in the pandemic, global trade was impacted. The knee-jerk reaction from most companies internationally, locally, is draw breaks. So everybody put a pause on their ordering of supplies, raw materials. I'm speaking generally to the economy, not specifically to what we did. Right. But there was a little pause in the economy, in the global economy. And what that did, everybody did that to kind of, in, in an effort to see where this pandemic was taking the world. Yes. People didn't really, everything shut down. Everybody got locked down. Everybody stayed at home. So producers internationally would have put the brakes on production because if nobody's going to work, nobody's going out to entertain themselves, going to restaurants, going to hotels, flying all over the world, right. all of that came to a pause. And that impacted the supply chain globally. What we had to do at that time was look beyond um, the start of the pandemic. So at the start of the pandemic, as a company, as a division, Hypro, we looked 24 months down the road to say, what is it going to take us to get through the next 24 months and, and ensure that we have supplies for our farmers? Because we saw some of these things happening very early on in the pandemic. Right. So we had to adjust our supply chain uh, or ordering systems. We had to invest more in raw materials and products so that as the pandemic developed, we wouldn't have been as impacted by the global shortages that we are now still facing. Right. And we are, we are having to, to maneuver to this day, and we're almost two years into the pandemic. So we, we started early in our adjustment to try and just find our way through, because not only is our business important, but the farmers rely on us for all the products, all the raw materials the farmers have to buy from us at a local company. Right. Um, what we saw early in the pandemic when our tourist sector shut down, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the workers in that field, maybe who used to live on the North Coast or commute, worked in the hotels, they would have gone back to the home base, whether it's on the North Coast, whether it's Clarendon, whether it's St. Elizabeth, everybody returned home. No work, no hotels, the occupancy levels have fallen, staff were sent home temporarily. We found a lot of those persons shifting to agriculture. And it doesn't just apply to the tourism sector, but any sector that was affected, something a lot of persons did, whether commercially or for their backyard, is look to agriculture as a means of income. Yeah. The, result, the result of all of that for us is we have seen the highest, I guess, contribution from the local small farmer sector to national chicken production. One of the easiest things for persons to do is buy 100 baby chicks, buy some feed. We provide all the technical training that they need. They can find it online on our social media platforms, whether it's YouTube, Instagram. So persons were able to find the knowledge that they needed and get the products that they need and go into broiler production. Right. 
and that has sustained from the start of the pandemic. So near 40%, 39% of all the chicken we produced last year was from the small farmer. And that's, that's tremendous. Normally the number is about 30 to 35%. So to be touching near 40% shows that the small farmer stepped up to the plate to feed the nation. And they were very successful in doing that. Very, very successful. And they have continued to do it because two years into the pandemic, we still haven't, things still haven't settled down fully. So persons are using broiler production as a means of stabilizing their income. And we're there to support that. So let, let's say those small farmers who, who purchase 100 um, birds, chicks, mm-hmm. when they um, reach maturity, I think it's what, seven weeks, is it? Six, five to six weeks. Five yes. to six weeks, right? Is it that they um, process them themselves? They, how, what, what happens next um, in terms of them finding a market for those birds? So, so good question, and that's something the farmers need to be aware of before they even buy one baby chick. Yes. They should be aware of where they're, they're going to be selling their product. The, the small farmer raises their birth, and yes, they slaughter them themselves. There, there are standards that they have to adhere to. They, they adhere to the ministry's health and safety standards for how, how to process meat in a clean environment and how to package and chill the product. And all of that info is also available in, in our husbandry and management guide yeah. that we have produced for the small farmer. Wow. So it's the, the broiler husbandry and management guide. It's available online. So anyone can download it online or you can for free. There's no, there's no charge. Right. Or you can buy it when you come to the farm store here. We have them on the shelf and you can buy them. They're like $500. Mm-hmm. But it tells you everything you need to know, how to grow a bird, how to, what, what challenges to look out for disease-wise, how to process a bird, and so on. But marketing-wise, small farmers, they're very, very ingenious. That's how they get their product out to know. Mm-hmm. They, they sell to their local communities. They sell to their neighbors. A lot of persons grow birds for themselves because, you know, not, not better than the, grow I ber- the bird I grow for myself in terms of how confident I am in what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people consume a portion for themselves, sell to the community, sell to schools, sell to the jerkman. So there's an established market for the small farmers so you where, where sales is concerned. Out of entrepreneurs, out of um, this pandemic in a way, Yes, of course. Yes. Of course. Right. And and that applies even to the layer market as you were um speaking to there. The the layer side of the business, um, we are a hundred percent self sufficient in table egg production in Jamaica. When the pandemic started, a lot of larger farmers were impacted and farmers in general that used to sell to the tourism sector and also into the school feeding programs. And when schools shut down, um, layer farmers were affected, but thankfully the government stepped in. And if you remember, the government had those farmers markets across the island early in 2021 or mid first half of 2021. 
and that really helped the distribution of, of table eggs in Jamaica. And it influenced the consumption of table eggs. So as a nation, we used to eat maybe one egg a week per person in the country. Right. And since the, since the pan, which is very low by the way, Luke, I mean, you compare that to the US at six eggs a week and Mexico at nine eggs a week, some very high numbers. Really? Um, we, are, we are nowhere where egg consumption is concerned. But since the pandemic, that number has gone up to closer to one and a half eggs per person per week now, 1.4, somewhere around there. Yeah. But if you think about that, you're talking a 30, 40% growth in egg consumption. And that's before we've seen a return of the tourism sector. Right. So with persons being at home, people realize that a boiled egg is an affordable source of protein, easy to make, affordable is the word, and they can feed their family with eggs. So we've seen a jump there in the, the egg market. So we, we've been 100% self-sufficient for quite some time in Jamaica. And I must give kudos to the ministry for the work that they have done in making sure that the, the Jamaican egg farmer is protected, um, or not even protected, but supported, because we have the resources here to produce all the table eggs we need in Jamaica, and the small farmer is the producer of that egg. Okay, so would you say that the egg sector has potential for even more growth, seeing that we are behind other countries in terms of our average egg consumption? Yes, yes, there, there is definitely room for growth there. We're unique as a population, let me put it that way. We have a very high consumption of chicken per capita compared to the rest of the world. Um, we eat stew chicken for breakfast, we eat curry chicken for breakfast, we eat baked chicken for lunch, and we eat jerk chicken at 10 o'clock at night. Chicken is our number one source of protein compared to the rest of the world where, where a lot, we eat chicken and then you have the ground provisions and all of that. That's a breakfast for us. In some of these countries where they have a, a light breakfast, two boiled eggs and some toast. Um, culturally, we're not quite there yet. So, so yes, there is room for growth, even 100% growth. Maybe we get up to two or three eggs per week per person, and the pandemic is definitely pushing us there. But chicken and chicken and chicken is our number one source of protein in this country. And now a word from our sponsors. A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facility's maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to our podcast. Okay. All right, so I'm going yes. to ask you, um, Dane, to just give some advice to uh, small 
farmer who is thinking of getting into the chicken business and the egg business. What are some mm -hmm. of the pitfalls or mistakes you, they need to avoid? Uh, mm -hmm. What are some of the things that they need to remember um, in order to be successful? The first thing I would say to anybody going into farming in general mm -hmm. is make sure you treat it as a business. A lot of people go into raising some broiler chicks and having some layer birds, egg production. And because it's an animal, you don't really think of it as something that needs all the, the like you would care for yourself and your own children. The, the care of those animals is what makes your business successful. And then treat it as a business because you need to know where your losses are. For example, in broiler production, baby chicks. The first 10 days of that baby chick's life is the most important phase of growing that bird for six weeks. So if you don't brood that brood, which is give that bird the proper environment, heat, keep them dry, keep them out of the wind or wet weather, rain blowing into the chicken coop, all of those things compromise the quality of that bird in the first 10 days. And then it impacts you for the next next 20 days, the next five weeks, four four weeks of that bird's life. So the health, the health and husbandry of your of your livestock and poultry is critical to the success of your business. Look at the numbers. How many did you start with? So you start with 100 birds. The industry standard is is a five percent mortality. So if you don't grow 95 birds to maturity you are already behind the curve compared to the industry standard and a lot of farmers may lose 10 birds in that first 10 day period because they're cold they're wet the litter is not dry and they have high mortalities and they wonder why um, they're experiencing this mortality so it's just understand the numbers treat it as a business and, and pay critical attention to the health of your animals and they will do the rest for you. They will grow for you. <laughs> they, will, they will breed for you if you're growing pigs. Put, put so on board together, you get piglets. But you must take care of those animals and give them the right environment to grow. Let me move quickly to yes. the crop production sector. We have seen mm -hmm. that um, export of produce of yams, breadfruits, mangoes, and ackee, along with other crops, are increasing. I want you to tell me a little bit about Hypo Supply's um, role in the development of export crop industry in Jamaica. We have some established um, export products in Jamaica, good ones, the yams, breadfruits, mangoes, ackee, um, those are established markets of local produce internationally, whether the UK, whether the US, etc. We support the farmers in terms of growing those products um, efficiently, uh, making sure they're disease-free and of the highest quality for export to these countries. A lot of the products we sell, um, for example, we have an organic portfolio of insecticides 
um, for marketing our international things like Phyton, which is a fungicide, BioLife, which is a fungicide, and a new mectin, which is a insecticide. But a lot of these products are USDA approved. So that means when farmers here in Jamaica use them, they can actually declare whether what they use in their growth programs and the processors that are packaging this product can use some of these things as dips, for example, because you have to dip some of these products to protect them in transport. But all, all, our portfolio is USDA approved, some of the products in the portfolio. And that helps both the farmer growing it here and the processor that is packaging it for export internationally because these fungicides, insecticides, not only are they organic, but they are approved for exporting to the U.S. Uh, Dan, did you say dip? Um, what's that? Explain that to me, please. So when when they're exporting maybe yams, yes. they they have to treat them. So they, they just dip them quickly into a liquid, uh, a diluted liquid, to make sure that they're they're not shipping any fungal diseases into another country. So even here in Jamaica, we want to protect our agricultural sector. So we don't want somebody to send tomatoes here that are full of diseases. And when when we eat them or peel them in our home and we throw them in the garbage, eventually those fungal spores end up in somebody's field and then you spread a disease. So it's just internationally just a form of protection. So they have to they have to treat them for fungus and insects to make sure that we're not transferring disease all over the world. What I can say is we are we are definitely not exporting as much as we are importing for food for food stuff. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity is still there for local farmers to meet the export demand, whether it be for scotch bonnet pepper mm-hmm. or some of our grown provisions. Yeah. Um, we just need to make the farmers just need to make sure they are they have a, a business that is set up for export. Once they do that, they just from their sales and marketing. Then I just wanted to ask a little bit about the profile of the farmers or the persons who are getting into agriculture these days. I know traditionally mm-hmm. it was the the old time um grandfather with the donkey and the the water boat and the the fork over his shoulder. Do we mm-hmm. see the, the profile of persons getting into agriculture like moving to persons who are more uh, business oriented? Yes, yes. Um, especially over the last 18 months, a lot of persons have looked at agriculture as an alternative source of income. Yes. So whether you have a job in Kingston or in Ochi or Mobe, you work at a call center, a bank, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, persons are realizing they can make some money in farming. I, I wouldn't say there's a change from, because traditional farmers will always be what feeds our country. The man who gets up in the morning and goes out there in his water boots with his machete mm-hmm. is what feeds us, a large portion of what feeds us. All, what we need to look at is how to balance investment and technology with that hard work, because even if you're an investor and you have a, a good job somewhere or what we consider a good job in Jamaica, 
if you invest in a farm operation but don't understand it, watch over it, or the person who is running the farm for you, isn't that man that gets up at 6 o'clock or woman that gets up at 6 a.m. and work hard until 5 p.m.? Your farm won't work either. So as an investor, you need to understand the business that you're going into and make sure you have good people working with you and that you pay attention to your farm. So you can bring technology to the table, you can bring investment to the table, but if you don't, if you don't pay careful attention to it, it's going to be hard to be successful. Indeed. And of course, that was no disrespect was meant to the traditional farmer, as you said. Yeah, of course. And I, I, I understand that completely, completely. Right, exactly. I just wanted you to say something about um, Cradial Larson, because that is also mm -hmm. a challenge. Um, is there anything that Hypro can do or is doing? To, to prevent cradial larceny? Well, we, we try to support um, some of the ministry initiatives as best as we can. The ministry has a cradial larceny unit mm -hmm. um, and they have their teams on the road trying to, trying to help the farmers. And we, we supply some of the, I guess, inputs, whether it be air tags for sheep, for goats, um, that you can then register your cattle or your goats with the ministry or the registrants in each sector. What I would say to the farmer is you have to protect your livestock. If someone is, is attacking you for your farm, you have, to, you have to find a way to protect your animals. So if it is not leave them out in the pasture overnight, don't leave them in the pasture overnight. Carry them closer to the home, carry them closer to the farm day. Don't leave them tied out there because you turn up tomorrow morning and they're gone. There's not much a ministry can do at that point or anybody can do at that point. So as farmers, we have to protect our, our investment. All right. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Dane Patterson. And I'm sure we may be speaking again because there is so much to say about yes. the agricultural sector, which has been resilient during the pandemic. And I'm sure in the years to come it's something that we will have to be looking forward to in terms of the development of our country thanks again David Patterson. yes thanks for having me look and engaging discussion thank you impact in jamaica is powered by the philip and christine gore family foundation manpower and maintenance services limited the jamaica public service company red stripe kyramed and proven investments limited if you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.